How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that at the appointed time He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what each one of you are through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our text for today, as I mentioned earlier, is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to go ahead and read that to you again. But I'm going to just quick give you the basic outline for the sermon before we even start. Okay? Our theme for the sermon is at the appointed time. And in the first part of the sermon, we're actually going to focus on the last words of the text. That God demonstrated his illogical, unconditional love for us. And then in the second part of the sermon, we're going to see how that gives us amazing confidence to live as his children. Okay? So keep those things in mind as I'm preaching to you this sermon. I'm going to go ahead and read to you the text again from Romans chapter 5 so we get that in our heads. And then if you want to follow along with it in your bulletin, in a Bible, something like that, you can do that. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice confidently on the basis of our hope for the glory of God. Not only this, but we also rejoice confidently in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces patient endurance. And patient endurance produces tested character. And tested character produces hope. And hope will not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For at the appointed time, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. It is rare indeed that someone will die for a righteous person. Perhaps someone might actually go so far as to die for a person who has been good to him. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the text we are going to meditate on this morning. Superhero movies have a real knack for this. A character, probably one that you love by this point in the movie, has themselves in a sticky situation. Okay? They're hanging by a cliff, and the villain's about to come and stomp on their fingers and send them into oblivion. Or they're stuck in the middle of a group of bad guys, and you think to yourself, there is no possible way they are going to get out of this situation. But then, at just the right time, at the appointed time that the film caster puts it in there, the superhero comes in and he saves the day. You can probably think of examples of this in movies you've seen and books you've read, TV shows that you've watched. I think, truthfully, this is one of the reasons that we're so willing to spend two hours in front of Netflix or pay quite a bit of money to go to the theater because we know that at just the right time, that superhero is going to sweep in and save the day. It's going to be over. He is going to win. It's all going to work out. 
it's just the movies, isn't it? What if it's not? In our text for today, we see that at the appointed time, at just the right time, God came and he showed his unconditional love to sinners like you and me so that now we can go out and live in this life confidently and boldly, even in times of suffering, even in times of hardship. In church, it's not uncommon for us to use the words grace or say, yeah, that's God's unconditional love. But do we always know exactly what we're talking about when we say those words? Well, today in our text, Paul gives us actually a very clear example of what that looks like. He says, and I'm going to read verses 6 to 8 again to you, he says this, For at the appointed time, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. It is rare indeed that someone will die for a righteous person. Perhaps someone might actually go as far to die for a person who has been good to him. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Every once in a while on the news, you'll see sort of a human interest story. I think you know what I'm talking about. Someone gives $10,000 to someone that they've never met before just because that person is in need. We hear of a soldier jumping on a grenade and saving his whole platoon. Uh, A school teacher shields her kids from the school shooter. Now these are unbelievable examples of unconditional love, aren't they? They make our hearts warm. They make tears fall from our eyes. They restore our faith in humanity. And they're all great things. But none of them are even close to the unconditional love, the illogical love, that God showed to us in sending his son, Jesus. You see, we were not friends of God. We were enemies, opposed to him, right? Paul says that, yeah, for someone who does good to someone, you know, someone might give down their life. But for someone who is a complete enemy, someone who is opposed to God, wants nothing to do with God because of our sinful natures, who would want to die? We needed this illogical, unconditional love of God to say, look, I see my creation, and my creation is sinful, and my creation is apart from me. So you know what they need? They need a mediator. They need someone to come down and to die for them and to live a perfect life for them. And that is exactly what Jesus did for us. He did this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. He came at just the right time, at the appointed time. This illogical, unconditional love of God is love that we know that we need because we know our own sins, right? What if Jesus came to you and I at the well, like the gospel, 
what question would he ask to us? It may not be, where is your husband? He might ask something different. But he promises to give us this unconditional, illogical kind of love. And we so know that we need it, yet it's so hard to show to others. We know that we have it, but sometimes we can't even speak good about our neighbor or the person in the pew next to us. But the fact remains that while we were still sinners, while we were opposed and apart from God, God sent his son Jesus to come and to die for us. This is the type of love that Jesus showed in his life. It's interesting. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, God said at, at just the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that they might receive the full inheritance and then in this text, we see that at the appointed time, at just the right time, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This was God's plan from the very beginning. His plan was to send his son Jesus for sinners like you and me so that we might have life at just the right time while we were powerless, ungodly, apart from him. This illogical love this unconditional love, we sometimes call justification. You maybe heard that word in the first uh, line of the text. We have been justified. What is that picture exactly? Come with me to a courtroom, if you will, okay? And you are sitting before the judge, and it's, your sentence is being read, and you hear the different things you're accused of, and you think to yourself, guilty of that one. Guilty of that one. <laughs> Evidence shows I'm guilty of that one. And the judge is about to slam down his gavel. Who's God in this picture, by the way? And you think to yourself, guilty. Sentenced, life in prison. No parole. Throwing the key away. But the gavel slams down and he says, acquitted. Forgiven. I don't see that anymore. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from me. You see, this is really the focus of Lent. Yes, we think about our sins and we reflect on our sins and we say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I need your forgiveness. But we also look to the cross and see what Jesus did for us there, that he died. He came at just the right time, the appointed time, and showed us unconditional, illogical love. That is for you and me. In the rest of our text, which is really the first five verses, Paul now says that we can live with great confidence. But it doesn't always feel like that, does it? There's a question. It's three letters long. 
maybe you've already guessed it, that we oftentimes ask, the question is, why? Lord, why did it have to snow on March 12th? Why does there have to be a time change? I'm really kind of tired. But those are sort of silly things, finally. Deeper questions, too. Lord, why did I get sick? Lord, why did you take them to heaven? Why does it seem like I don't have enough money to even get through this week? I don't get it. Why? And the question of why is not wrong in and of itself. But the devil so often likes to use this question to latch onto our sinful natures and say, you know what, God, why? As I look out in this world, I see so many things that I don't understand. And I say, why? Why are you doing this? In fact, this is one of the main questions that atheists have. They say, God, if you really are a good and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, like you say in the Old Testament, then why do so many bad things seem to be happening. You must not really be a good God. Why am I suffering? And sometimes we take these questions and we begin to accuse God. Look, God wants to know when you're suffering. He wants you to come to him. He even wants you to ask the question, why? But it becomes sinful when we start to doubt God and say, you're really no God at all. It's a question that the devil uses at times to shake our faith and make us feel like we aren't on even footing and that we can't live in this world confidently. So how are you going to answer the question of why? How are you going to answer when someone calls you up on the phone and says, why? Church member, why? Why is this happening in my life? Why are these things happening? I have to admit that logically I always want to have an answer. And once in a while, a few years down the line, I'll be able to say, you know what, I can see exactly why God put that suffering in my life. I can see exactly why that thing happened. But you know what? That isn't going to happen all the time. So sometimes the answer is, I don't know. I don't know why you're suffering. Well, how then can Paul write in his letter that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope? And he talks about suffering in a good way. How can we possibly explain that? Well, that's where you need the first part of the sermon. He can say that because what he says about Christ, that at just the right time, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. And that you are a child of God. 
And so these sufferings, even though we might not know what is happening on this earth and why it's happening and why God is allowing something like this to happen, we can say to ourselves, I am a child of God through faith. I have been justified. I am made whole in what Christ did for me. I am a child of God and I can stand in that grace even when I'm suffering. Even when there's difficulties. I know that in the end, God will work all things for my eternal good. And that might be hard in the present. And that might not be the thing to say in the present time. But we can ultimately stand on that. That even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of where we feel like we're caught in our sin and guilty and no one could love us, we can come back to this text and read that at just the right time, while we were still sinners, hopeless, helpless, apart from God, enemies of God, Christ died for us so that we are His. This Lenten season, don't let our sinful pride and our arrogance get in the way and say, if God really is God, then how come I'm suffering? Or the other side of the coin that says, I must not be a very good Christian if I'm suffering. Instead, go back to this text again and again and see the truth that at the appointed time, the time that God had planned, he sent his son Jesus while we were still powerless, while we were ungodly, opposed from God, to die for you. You know, timing is everything in life, isn't it? The movies have picked up on this. They'll leave you in suspense and you are wondering why you even let your heart rate get up so high because in the end you know the superhero is going to come and save the day. It's all going to work out in the end. You and I have a God of perfect timing. A God who sent Jesus, who died for us at just the right time. You are his children. Marvel in that. Amen. Amen.